I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, we must mark the end of the summer movie season. I'm Jeff Braun, and we must mark the beginning of the fall movie season with the September movie preview. Something happens to you when you leave this town. The farther away, the hazier it all gets. But me, I never left. I remember all of it. We've got a big one to start the month of September. It! Chapter 2. To the losers. We made an oath. I swear. If it isn't dead. If it ever comes back. We'll come back to you. We didn't stop it. Pennywise. We can't let it happen again. Based on the classic Stephen King novel, It, Chapter 1 arrived in 2017 and went on to become the biggest horror movie of all time. 327 million domestic, 700 million worldwide total. The movie was set in 1988 in the town of Derry, Maine, which is home to a powerful supernatural entity that takes kids... It can take many forms, usually defaulting to Pennywise the Clown, played by Bill Skarsgård. A group of kids who dubbed themselves the Losers took it on and won, but they only won the battle, not the war. Now, as grown-ups, they have to return to Derry to take it on once more. The reviews are not as good as the first movie, which was at 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. This one's been hovering in the low 70s, and it's two hours and 50 minutes long. Co-star Jessica Chastain, though, says the movie has maybe the bloodiest scene ever. Film also stars the likes of James McAvoy, Bill Hader, and Isaiah Mustafa. That's the old spice. I'm on a horse guy. I'll still go see it and hopefully not fall asleep. For 27 years, I dreamt of you. Didn't you actually go see the first one? I did, and I thought I, I actually enjoyed a lot of it, but I also had nightmares for a while, and I will not be seeing the second one. Oh, really? You're not no. going to be convinced? I assume they kill the clown at the end, happy ending, yeah, 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 yeah. Some of them die along the way. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> pro- I can't remember actually how it went. It's been, I read the book, poof. 30 years ago, and uh, I would have read the book right around when that miniseries came out. Right. So uh, I don't remember. And I own that miniseries on Blu-ray. I bought it like four years ago. No, maybe not quite that long, and because the movie only came out two years ago. Right. So fine, two years ago, <laughs> and I uh, haven't gotten around to watching it. So. Well, don't get to the wait. Wait till you go to the theater to see it, chapter two, and find out, refind out how it ends. Yeah. All over again. Right on. All right. Next week on the thirteenth, there's a movie called The Goldfinch. We're just trying to build little bits of the puzzle. What do you remember about the incident? I like this one. Look at the map. Where were you when it happened? I don't remember. When you came around, did you see people? Yes. What were they doing? They were dead. 
IMDb describes the goldfinch thusly, a boy in New York is taken in by a wealthy Upper East Side family after his mother is killed in a bombing at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. It also looks like he stole a painting called The Goldfinch. It's based on a 2013 novel by Donna Tartt, which won the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, the book and movie covers a good stretch of the boy's life as there are young and older actors playing a number of the characters. It looks pretty good. It also looks very sad. The cast of The Goldfinch includes Nicole Kidman, Finn Wolfhard, Sarah Paulson, Ansel Elgort, Luke Wilson, Jeffrey Wright, and Joey Slotnick. Even the tiniest things mean something. Who took the pain? Sometimes good can come from bed. It was my fault she died. I would have given it back, I swear. Also on the 13th, Jennifer Lopez stars in Hustlers. I don't want to be dependent on anybody. I just want to be able to take care of my grandma. These Wall Street guys. You want them drunk enough to get their credit card? But sober enough to sign a check. It's my husband! We didn't do anything wrong. I like boarding just because he did. Hustlers. You know, Tony wouldn't let this happen. I'm going to text him. Who gave her her phone back? Tickets available now. Hustlers is about a crew of savvy former strip club employees who band together to turn the tables on their Wall Street clients. The film was inspired by the article published by New York Magazine entitled The Hustlers at Scores, written by Jessica Pressler. The cast includes Constance Wu, Julia Stiles, haven't heard her name in years. No kidding. Uh, Kiki Palmer, Lily Reinhart, Cardi B, who is actually a former stripper, and Lizzo. Yeah, actually, you know what? Julia Stiles, last we heard of her, Born Identity series somewhere along the way in there? Yeah, and she was in so. Dexter season Oh, that's right. Five? five? I think it was five. Yeah. Coolie Beans. Over on the 20th, Brad Pitt goes to space in a movie called Ad Astra. What are you thinking about? I do what I do because of my dad. He was a hero. He gave his life for the pursuit of knowledge. It's crazy out there. There's fires everywhere and plane crashes. They're calling it the search. Pitt plays Roy McBride, the astronaut son of astronaut Cliff McBride, played by Tommy Lee Jones. TLJ rocketed off years and years ago on a special mission, and it may be connected to what they're calling the Surge, a major series of disasters on Earth caused by some kind of energy from space. What can you tell us about the Lima project? Its objective was to search for advanced extraterrestrial life. The ship disappeared approximately 16 years into the mission. And the commander was? He was my father, sir. This might come as quite a shock to you. Your father was experimenting with a highly classified material that could threaten our entire solar system. All life would be destroyed. We're counting on you to find out what's happening out there. 
So Pitt's off to outer space to find out what's up, and maybe his father isn't as dead as everyone thinks? Who knows? The trailer shows Tommy Lee Jones, but it could be flashbacks or something. Ad Astra also stars Liv Tyler as Pitt's wife, at least her second turn, playing a lady whose true love leaves her on Earth while he goes on a space adventure. Ruth Nega and Donald Sutherland are also in the movie. It looks fantastic, and what a year for Brad Pitt. He says we may not see a lot of him in front of the camera anymore. He prefers producing, and he's good at that. You may have heard of some of the movies he's made, 12 Years a Slave and Moonlight, both one Oscars. But this year we are getting some terrific pit acting, including Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and now Ad Astra on the 20th. The Earth put its hopes in him. And now it's fake. It's on me. We have a job to do. Are you ready? I'm ready. Coming up in a moment, a film that Jeff Braun is describing as the movie event of the fall. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. In a moment, you will find out which movie Jeff is calling the event of the fall. But first, as we continue with September 20th, Sylvester Stallone is back in Rambo Last Blood. You're dealing with an expert with guns, with knives, with his bare hands. Rambo was the best. I finally came home. Uncle John! To defend the only family I've ever known. You must really want this girl. All she's got is me. She's coming home. You started this. I'm gonna tear you apart. This is what it feels like. So we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. First Blood came out back in 1982. Easily the best movie of the series. It's about a former Green Beret who has to use all of the guerrilla tactics he learned in Vietnam to save himself after he's falsely accused of a crime while visiting the lush and wild Pacific Northwest. 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. And from there, the quality takes a steep dive. Rambo First Blood Part 2 came out in 1985, where Rambo takes on the bad guys to save some people. W's, 37%. Then there was a Rambo animated series that was on from 86 to 86. Don't even remember that one. And I suppose it's fitting that it was a cartoon because by the third movie, these movies were simply cartoonish, going from a gripping survival tale into a one-man army-destroying wrecking machine. Rambo 3 arrived in 1988, where he had to go rescue his former commander, who was kidnapped in Afghanistan, 39%. Then fast forward 20 years, and we got Rambo in 2008, where a group of missionary aid workers go missing in Myanmar. Was it Jay Peterman? It'll always be Burma to me. (laughs) Seinfeld, yeah. Myanmar. (laughs) Uh, So they go missing in Myanmar, 
and Rambo, just trying to live a quiet life in Thailand, joins a group of mercenaries to go rescue them. Not as cartoonish. I actually liked that movie, but it didn't do too well either. 37%. So now we've got Last Blood, and here's the official synopsis. Almost four decades after he drew First Blood, Sylvester Stallone is back as one of the greatest action heroes of all time. John Rambo. Now, Rambo must confront his past and unearth his ruthless combat skills to exact revenge in a final mission. A deadly journey of vengeance. Rambo Last Blood marks the last chapter of the legendary series. And if the level of quality for this can match what he did for Rocky Balboa, then I think I'd be okay with that because I really liked that movie. The fight itself was a little weird. They did this weird black and white kind of montage yeah. in the middle but uh that movie i think closed that book nicely and then he went on to make those two creed movies right. which were great yeah i don't know I, I i feel like i would like to do a little rambo marathon at home and then go see this new one in the theater that seems like a fun couple of weeks or whatever yeah and yeah. i i don't know that i've ever seen rambo two or three in their entirety so and I can't remember most of First Blood anyway, so it'll be like yeah. seeing all these movies again for the first time. There you go. Uh, I'll be busy on that weekend, though. I'd have to watch it the week after, because also coming out on the 20th, it is the movie event of the fall, the Downton Abbey movie. I want every surface in this house to gleam and sparkle. The post's just arrived, my lord. Heaven. What is it? The king and queen are coming to stay. What? Here we go. A royal luncheon, a parade, and a dinner. I'm going to have to sit down. The Downton Abbey movie is, of course, a continuation of the British TV drama, which aired on our side of the pond on PBS for six seasons, ending three or four years ago. It follows the trials and tribulations of the aristocratic Crawley family and their servants at their Yorkshire country estate in the first part of the last century. And I'm only half kidding when I call it the movie of End of the Fall. The king and queen are visiting Downton, so it's a huge deal, probably even more so for the staff than the upper crust folk. I am the king's butler. We have come to Downton in advance of their majesties. The royal butler's terribly scary. Stay out of our way. I am their majesty's chef. I want the only boy in now. He wants a clip round the ear now. Can I help you at all? I'm Lady Bagshaw's maid. Might as well admit, I like her. She is a scheming little minx. What piffle you talk. <gasps> there is no need to argue. I never argue. I explain. The whole cast returns for the movie, including Dame Maggie Smith, who we just heard there. She was the big scene stealer of the series with her sharp wit and endless supply of condescension. Now, Dan Abbey, the movie will hit theaters on the 20th, and while we have not heard anything about it airing on PBS, I would be shocked if that didn't happen pretty soon after the theatrical run. How long has it been since the show? Uh, you said three or four years? Yeah, because it would run in, like, the fall in England, but then in January here. Okay. But you could also buy the DVDs ahead of time if you really wanted to and stuff oh, like that. Oh, that's right. They yeah. would release the DVDs. Because it aired months earlier in England. So Did you do that? No. I okay. say I waited for the PBS. I, it does occur to me, though, the one thing I won't get from the theater experience is the subtitles and being able to rewind it to understand what they're saying <laughs> oh, and follow along because there's not only the accent to contend with, but all the old-timey talk of the day, you know? That's a good point. Yeah. I... I like to think that it, ha it is not 
that it doesn't have to do with me getting older. It does. Because I don't want to admit that my hearing is going. But with, it is. with English television, like British television, I almost by default now put subtitles on if yeah. there is a british character i do subtitles almost for everything at this point really at home yeah yeah I've... just so i don't have to crank it up so loud yeah that's true and uh elementary in particular was bad uh, sherlock holmes I, I had a hard time understanding johnny lee miller at times and he would oft, often use words that i'd never heard of like one of the final episodes of elementary he referred to something as tommy rot Tommy rot. Oh, I had it's to, just like an insult or something, or it means it's, something's it's, garbage. I think it just means garbage. Yeah, yeah. it's like balderdash or hogwash <laughs> or malarkey. Uh, but I, I didn't. I had to back. I didn't have the subtitles on, so then I had to back it up and put the subtitles on. But then I didn't quite back it up far enough for the yeah, subtitles to kick in, so I had to go back and do it again. And then you had to look it up. And then when I saw <laughs> that he said Tommy rot, I had to look it up, and it means nonsense uh, slash rubbish. Did you ever hear such awful? Tommy Rot. So yeah, the subtitles are uh, good to go on that. We've got two more movies in the September movie preview. we still got to tell you what's coming to home video. And Jeff's going to tell you about his latest trip <laughs> to the Butlerverse. Yes. Not the Downton Abbey Butlers. You are listening to the Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes. Doing our September movie preview, we've only got a couple movies left. September 27th, there's a cartoon from the people behind How to Train Your Dragon. It's called Abominable. Dad always wanted me to travel the world. Someday. Huh? There's a Yeti on my roof. Hey, boy. Or girl. Yeah, you're definitely a boy. I don't know where you came from. He escaped. I want my Yeti back. Is that your home? I will make sure you get home. You can go your own way. There are people looking for you. Faster! You can do magic? This is impossible. You can go This is amazing. It's beautiful. You did that. I did that? got blueberries in places where blueberries should never be. It's about a teenage girl named Yi who meets a young Yeti on the roof of her apartment building in Shanghai. She and her friends name him Everest and head out on a quest to reunite the magical creature with his family at the highest point on Earth. But they'll have to stay ahead of Burnish, a rich jerk who wants to capture the Yeti, and a zoologist named Dr. Zara. The voice cast includes Chloe Bennett from Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She plays Sky slash Daisy. Eddie Izzard is the rich jerk, and Sarah Paulson is the zoologist, so that's actually a busy month for Sarah Paulson, because what did you say she's in? Was it The Goldfinch? Yes, uh, The yeah. Goldfinch, yeah, that's right. So, so two movies, there you go. Yeah, and it looks like good family fun, so abominable. Also on the 27th, Renee Zellweger is Judy Garland in a movie called Judy. Also, I did I just say abominable instead uh, of abominable? I didn't catch I it. I think I said abominable. Yeah, I can't say that word once, so good for you. All right, here's Judy. <laughs> I'm sorry it's so late. Miss Carl. No, please. I'm Judy. I'm very sorry, but your suite has been released. What do you mean, released? Where exactly has it gone? <laughs> your account was in arrears. 
A lot of people are looking at this as a comeback of sorts for Renee Zellweger, who took a six-year break from movies from 2010 to 2016. And she's playing one of entertainment's biggest names ever in Judy Garland, portrayed here in the late stages of her career. Also looking for that comeback. I don't have a home. I can't even get a manager. London would offer you a lot of money. Talk of the town is desperate to do a deal with you. You're saying I have to leave my children if I want to make enough money to be with my children? There's an audience out there waiting to hear you sing. My mouth dry and it could fall apart. Listen to me. You'll be fine. On you go. There's a lot of obvious Oscar potential here, certainly for Zellweger, who previously won a Best Supporting Actress trophy for Cold Mountain. Judy looks pretty compelling, and Zellweger certainly looks very suited to the task. Are you going to be all right? What if I can't do it again? Mama? Mama, are you there? To take better care of yourself. You understand? Everybody has their trouble. And I've had mine. I just want what everybody wants. I seem to have a harder time getting it. Do you take anything for depression? Four husbands. Didn't work. There's a And thus concludes the September movie preview. Just revisiting Abominable for a moment. Jeff, you said uh, while we were playing one of those clips, that's such a dumb title. Yes. I don't like that word. Well, Abominable. It's like the gag from 30 Rock. You remember when one of the stars of that show was, she got a role in a movie called (laughs) The Rural Juror. The Rural Juror? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's funny. No one could say rural juror, so they (laughs) called it, they were saying the rural juror. Uh, Yeah, abominable is hard, and I I had said abominable there. Especially for a kid's movie. Uh Making kids try and say that, my gosh. Well, they'll, maybe they'll just call it Bumble, like uh, in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> Remember the Bumble? <laughs> hey, let's have a quick look at what is coming to home video this week. Until a month ago, you were a complete failure. But now, you're the biggest star in the world, as if by magic. How did you get here? Do you genuinely not know who the Beatles are? Who? Oh, yeah! How am I the only person in the world who remembers the Beatles? Can I do this? Mr. Jack Mallet! Your music, it's incredible. I've dreamed of being a musician, but I feel like I'm living a lie. What's this one called? Uh, leave it be. Let it be. Rock on, Jack! Yesterday. What was that? That's Yesterday, the movie about uh, the kid that becomes the only person on the world who knows who the Beatles are. Oh, yeah, and that's right. And just steals all their songs and becomes the most famous entertainer on the planet. Okay, did you see this? I didn't. Okay. A lot of people said it was pretty good. It looks good. I'm just, I'm wondering about the premise, because I have a hard time believing that if the Beatles music were released today, brand new... That it would be successful, or, oh. or as successful. But a good song's a good song, Brad. I know a good song's a good song, but the music has changed, and people don't seem to respond as well to stuff like this. Not to say that there wouldn't be some success, but I think it would be way more niche. Absolutely. It w- there's no way it would hit like the original music hit back in the day. Just because 
Not enough people would be paying attention, period, no matter how hard you shook them. What else is coming out? Uh, that's uh, coming out on Digital HD on Tuesday. Also on Digital HD, a movie called Anna from director Luke Besson, uh, starring Sasha Luss, who was used to be a model, and now she's apparently an action star. It looks like a crazy... Uh, assassin kind of movie. Yeah, that's Luc Besson's thing. He yeah. likes to make movies about strong women and uh, particularly in assassin type roles, but I think that one kind of came and went. Very yeah. little buzz. So The trailer looked cool, and I remember seeing that trailer as I was waiting for John Wick 3 to start in theaters, and that's out on Blu-ray DVD on Tuesday. The hard copy there, as well as uh, Aladdin, the new one, the live-action Aladdin with Will Smith as the genie. And I also noticed that uh, Disney is pumping out a bunch of 4K Blu-rays of all Pixar movies and stuff like that on Tuesday. So oh, nice. I think what they're trying to do is make a few more bucks before Disney Plus comes in and people stop buying their hard copies because they'd be subscribing to it and get it all whenever they oh, want. Oh, right? yeah, that's right. Those Disney Blu-rays really are something special. They, they Their diamond collection and their signature collection or whatever it's called, the platinum, I don't, I don't even know what level they're at right now, but I remember when Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs came out on Blu-ray. It was a pretty spectacular set. Yeah. And uh, I I don't even think I watched the movie. I bought it for the girl I was dating at the time, and I just went through the special features, and it was so good. Cool. So if you're a Disney fan, it's worth picking those up. And They have a very long history of that sort of thing, because one of the very... F- I remember it clear as a bell. It was probably the first movie I ever saw in theater was Bambi. And I looked that up every now and then. I was like, oh, how is that possible? Because I was born in 1976. And I looked it up. And then, sure enough, in 1982, they did this massive re-release of Bambi, which at that point was like 50 years old. So they, they even back when it was just theaters, they would put stuff out again just to make the money all over again. That's right, because I saw Bambi in theaters, I think. Same, they, they used same to, reissue, I'm sure. That's right. They, they used to reissue movies all the time, and yeah. then they kind of went away from that. Although With they did video, bring back. They didn't need to, right? Yeah, what did they bring back? They brought back Finding Nemo for 3D. They, oh, in right. recent years, I think yeah. they had a couple of re-releases, but uh, Beauty and the Beast, I think, got the 3D treatment. And uh, The Lion King? I can't remember. <laughs> hey, but we mentioned, I just want to quickly mention this as well. You mentioned Will Smith in Aladdin. Well, this week, a trailer arrived for Bad Boys for Life. I'm done, Mike. I'm retiring. Uh-oh, here we go again. You want your legacy to be muscle shirts and body counts? Look at this mess, it's carnage! I didn't do all this. You didn't shoot anybody? Well, come on, Cap, you know I shot some people. Yeah. In these streets, I never trusted anybody but you. I'm asking you, man. Bad boys. One last time. One last time. The first Bad Boys came out in 1995, starring Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. It was an action comedy, and it was uh, directed by Michael Bay. And it was the, the, there are these cops in Miami who watches $100 million in heroin uh, from the biggest drug bust of their careers is stolen out of the basement of police headquarters and then carnage and chaos ensues. I remember watching it and thinking it was okay. Uh, They made a sequel in 2003, which had worse reviews. The first one was 42%, the second one 22%. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. I didn't think, I thought those were uh, highly regarded movies. I've never seen either one of them. I think they're well-liked. But for whatever reason, yeah. And I, I, I don't know why they, they felt the need to, to go back and do this again. And I'm even more surprised that they got Will Smith 
to do it. Yeah, I think he's uh, sorting, starting to feel that he's not going to be like he had so many crappy movies in the last few years that I think he's like, we need something that's surefire. And I guess this, they figured this would be it as far as franchise stuff goes for that guy. Yeah. Danny might just want the paycheck. Yeah. Can't blame him for that. I'm hey. sure he's getting paid handsomely for it. And sooner or later, he won't be able to do action movies no more, so he's got to do them while he can. That's right. Up next, speaking of action movies, Jeff Braun watched one over the weekend. It's this latest trip to the Butlerverse. Details in a moment. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and this week I continued my journey through the Butlerverse. And oh my God, Gerard Butler made a good movie, Brett. It's called Den of Thieves. Do you know what this means? It means I am a member of a gang, only we have badges, which means you are done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you look like the types who arrest you? My one for that seat down. Put you in handcuffs, drag you down to the station. We just shoot you. Den of Thieves came out last year in theaters. It's on Netflix right now, and if you like heist movies, it's for you. There are, of course, a few plot holes, which is mostly impossible to avoid in these kind of movies, but honestly, it's a pretty fun ride. There's this crew of bank robbers. An opening title card informs us that a bank is robbed every 48 minutes in Los Angeles to the tune of 2000 a year, which I simply don't believe. Anyways, this crew is led by Pablo Schreiber. He is in Season 2 of The Wire. He played the odious porn stash on Orange is the New Black. His crew includes 50 Cent and O'Shea Jackson Jr., a.k.a. Ice Cube Jr. The cop investigating them is Gerard Butler. He's rough and gruff. He does a lot of stuff off the books and bends the rules. He smokes and drinks. But mostly, he chews scenery and adds a bunch of pointless busy work every moment he's on screen. It's super weird, but it's also entertaining grade-A ham from Gerard Butler. And it sort of doesn't matter. The important thing is the planning and execution of the big heist. And this movie does that very right. For a good heist movie like Ocean's Eleven, for example, it's important for the crew to lay out for the audience what the plan is but it's also important to withhold a couple of details that way we understand what's happening or what's supposed to happen and then we can either raise our eyebrows at something that seems outside the plan or something that can simply surprise the heck out of us this movie has all of that going on Earlier in this week, I also I rewatched the Michael Mann movie Collateral. That's the one where Tom Cruise plays a hitman who forces L.A. cab driver Jamie Foxx to drive him around while he kills people. That movie looks amazing, and along with Heat, it's a Michael Mann, L.A.-based masterpiece crime movie. So while I was watching Den of Thieves, I sort of wish that Michael Mann had made it because it would have just been that much better. Anyways, as it is, it's definitely worth a look on Netflix since you're paying for it anyways. It might be an interesting rewatch, too, after, you know, the, everything that happens at the end. Uh, three and a half Coach Cushion out of five for Den of Thieves. They're also making a sequel called Den of Thieves 2 Pantera. Pantera? (laughs) What? What Don't look anything up about it because if you get spoiled on the first one, Mm. including... So is there there something Pantera related in that first movie? No, there's not. I'd like to see... I'm curious to see where they come up with that title. Okay, well... It's it's probably just a code name for some... Blah blah blah. Yeah, true. And maybe, or maybe there, there are people who like it just really like the band <laughs> Pantera. Wait, wasn't? Oh no, Panthro. That was uh, a <laughs> Panthro. That was Thundercats, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a solid pull, Panthro. My God. Um, so that's so funny that you are continuing to watch all these Gerard Butler movies. They're on Netflix, uh, so it doesn't cost me any money. Like I would 
Most of them so far, I would be mad if I had paid money. Geostorm I saw in theaters and I enjoyed it because that's such a silly movie. Yeah. It's, a, it's just fun all the way through. The Has Fallen ones were kind of, they were okay, but mostly not great. So like this new one's out, but I'll probably wait till it's out of theaters to see it. Uh, but this one is like, I like a good heist movie. I, I mentioned Heat. Heat's the best heist movie. Um, the Town, the Ben Affleck one with Jeremy Renner, that's a really good heist movie too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I put, this isn't as good as those, but it's still a lot of fun and I, and I like the machinations of how the heist goes down and that sort of thing. You know, I'm surprised, Jeff, that if we're talking about heist movies that you didn't find a way and now I'm doing it for you to include <laughs> Fast Five in the discussion. Oh yeah, well yeah, that is a they, that's more of a a caper? Yeah. Would you consider that a, a, a caper instead? They really of- only get down to the heist at the very end, don't they? Well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, they spend it. half the movie planning it. That's true. And they do the Ocean's Eleven, we got to get the gang together kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's like no, Ocean's I Eleven forgot, on wheels. I just forgot about that one. Because the other ones have gone so far beyond it. Yeah. Like, Five is the real only he- only real heist one. Yeah. The other ones are just superhero action movies or whatever. Pretty right? much. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, but Fast Five. That was the first of the first movie, I think, of the whole series that I saw, uh, Fast Five. That's and, the one where The Rock comes in. It's the, the safe being pulled down the street one, if you can't place if you're listening you can't place which one it is still one of the be- the most entertaining car scenes yeah. i've ever watched is that real like how much of that was real where they were pulling that thing back in the day they did a lot of real stuff so i can sort of see it i think they probably they also i know fast seven they wrecked over 200 cars so that's oh. not beyond them either but some of that had to be cgi or just other film tricks where it looks worse than it really is Okay, I'm just trying to find out if they... We'll have to look that up, I guess, because... Oh, here. Here's how the Fast Five vault chase scene was made. This is an article from February 2019. We only have about 40 seconds here. Right. Let's see if I can Scan cram it. through this. Figure through it. Uh, it. It's easy to pass over-the-top scenes like this as fancy CGI work with computers, but 98% Boom. of the entire scene features a real 9,000-pound vault that two <laughs> Dodgers, Dodge Chargers towed. Now, probably the street was due for repaving anyways, and they're like, wait, before you repave it, let us wreck it some more. Yeah. And that sort of thing. And then we'll even chip in for repaving it. I think that's how they get around stuff like that. Oh, wow. That's pretty ingenious. Yeah. And that's all the time we have. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Maybe one of us will go see It Chapter 2 and tell you about that next week. <laughs> and remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.